This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. What song do you want to hear, Dan? Beer! 1500 ESPN's Beer Show is on the air. Presented in part by Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits, Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, and Red Cow and Red Rabbit. Now, alongside Mike Fratelloni, here's Chris Reavers. You're darn right it is. It's a special edition of the Beer Show here on 1500 ESPN, also available on Podcast One and the all-new PodMN app for both your Apple and Android devices. My name is Chris Reavers, being joined on the phone by world-renowned comedian, Erica Rhodes. Erica, uh, so before I go through the litany of things, I mean, you've been on you know, Modern Family, you're a successful worldwide comedian. Where would you rank now your appearance on The Beer Show with Chris Reavers on that list of accomplishments? Oh, probably number two. <laughs> well, I have to, full disclosure here, so uh, for, uh, I don't know, a couple of, maybe a year or so, I've been following you on Twitter, and I'm a, just a huge fan of the art of comedy. And I've just, I've thought this, she's hilarious. And so it's interesting how we've now decided to consume content, whether it's, you know, everybody's on their phone and, and, you know, we're, we're kind of turning into a one screen nation, but it is, it is odd how you kind of come across different aspects of, of, of various art forms. And like I said, I'm just a huge fan of comedy and I'm really glad that I had the chance uh, to have you on today to promote your shows at Acme. And by the way, I'll do that right now. Tonight at 8 o'clock and Friday and Saturday at 8 and 10.30, you will be at Acme Comedy Club in Minneapolis. Yes, it is my first show, uh, my first time back on the road after being off the road for three months. Wow. So pretty exciting. Now, now, I'm glad I had the chance to talk to you today since you did do a show last night. How are we reacting, kind of creeping out of the COVID world a little bit? What was the show last night like? Well, it's very different because the seating is very safely socially distant, sure. you know, so all the seats are scattered and it was a pretty small crowd. Um, the capacity is 75 and oh. it was a Wednesday. So it was, you know, fewer than that. Right. And then you can also watch on Zoom. But I do think people want to laugh, and they were really happy to be there. Like, the people that did come seemed very happy to be there. And I'm glad you said that, because that's kind of the feeling that I have, too, where we've all been cooped up. And for all the right reasons, you know, we, we all get how serious of a nature that this is. Not that we have to have a disclaimer for it, but I do get the sense that people kind of want to, in one way or another, bust out and just kind of have some semblance of normalcy in their life. Yeah, well, I I have the argument that comedy is essential, yes. you know, because if you if you think about it, I said, well, if you don't think it's essential, try not laughing for an entire day. Like, just try it and see if you can even make a whole day without laughter. I couldn't you agree can't. with that. Yeah, I, I could not possibly agree with that more. It's 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 that release. It's that emotional connection that that people just need to need to feel and I think need to feel multiple times a day. I'm comple- completely with you. Yeah, and it, you know, it makes me sad that a lot it's not just comedy, but all the performing arts have taken a hit, you know, and mm-hmm. have been deemed unessential. I mean, what how can that be? How can how can live entertainment be unessential to our survival as a species? Like, 
you need the distraction even more during difficult times, yeah, I think. I do, too. And especially just given the, 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 the tension that's going on in the country right now, I think I'll, I think comedy is more essential than it's ever been at this point. And that's, it really is. And that's one thing I wanted to get into because I saw one of your tweets recently. Just, just describe to me and to the audience the art form of telling a joke, but then almost the condensed art form of trying to tell a joke in the year 2020. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm lucky in that most of my humor is just self-deprecating, you know, like it's mostly at my own expense. (laughs) But if you try to go after anyone at all now, you know, somehow it's going to be divisive. And and as an example, you know, I even wrote a question. Uh, You can't even question things anymore. You know, I asked a question on Twitter. I said, why are people wearing masks alone in their cars? And uh, it was just a genuine question because I'm wondering, you know, I can't wait to take this thing off. As soon as I get in my car, I take it off. Yep. I, don't, I, I can't really breathe well. And somehow I think breathing is also essential to our <laughs> to survival. <laughs> but I guess I'm crazy in that way. Um, and I'm not saying don't wear your mask, but I don't want to wear it alone in my car. But then I kept seeing people driving around wearing it in their car. So I was asking that. And then other people were like, is that what you care about right now? Like, how dare you? You know, there are protests going on. You know, you should. And I'm like, I'm not even allowed to just ask an inquiring. You know, I just want to ask a question here. <laughs> I, and that's and that's just it. I think, too, because of because of the divisive nature that we're that we're experiencing right now. And people are just digging in their heels. And if you just even mention casually something that might be uh, viewed as, as as an opposite side take, you're immediately attacked for that, which you would think as a comedian, you kind of get a little bit of a longer leash, so to speak, with something like that. Right. Well, well, I'm, you know, for me, it's, I, I wouldn't say exactly that I'm apolitical, but I, I want people to see people as individuals. You know, mm-hmm. I want to get back to a place where you see someone's humanity. You don't see... You, you don't, to me, that's the ultimate form of acceptance. Like, see this person in front of you. Don't see them for their color or their, you know, sex or gender or whatever it is. Like, just, like, take the person in. And so what I've been doing is if somebody challenges me on Twitter, I'll just immediately engage with them. You know, so a girl wrote to me and said, Did, do you not even care about Black Lives Matter? You know, like, <laughs> some <laughs> random thing I wrote. And I wrote back and I said, no, I, I do, actually. I really do. And then she and then I said, here's a blog I wrote. Feel free to read it. You know, to me, that's how I felt like expressing myself, not in like a trite meme or something super easy to just retweet. And then she read it and she said, oh, you know, that was a really dramatic thing that happened to you. I'm sorry. And then we we engaged in this discussion. And and then she said, you know what? I I agree. I I shouldn't be attacking you just because you're white. You know, that was my fault. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And then we had this really open, great conversation. And I was like, it's okay. I understand. (laughs) And I was like, this is the, to me, that's the kind of engagement that opens discussion. It's it's one on one. It's one person to another person. And I and could yeah, I could not agree with, with you more because, you know, I don't have the platform of the audience that you do, but even some of the people that, you know, if I say something on, on my show, uh, I'll get, you know, I'll get I'll get emailed or whatever or, or tweeted at. And I, I don't mind engaging and I don't mind explaining my side of it or explaining why I came to that thought. 
And honestly, what I've found out 90% of the time, it's someone is saying that or, or, or sending that to you not and thinking that there won't be a response. And so they're almost right. shocked and they're almost surprised that, oh, my God, he or she engaged with me. Right. And, and that's what I think matters more is that people feel that, that they, they matter, like their, their voice matters, you yeah. know, and that you can have a conversation. But, but you can't get rid of humor altogether. You know, you've got to be able to make fun of difficult subject matter. Yep. Like that's what that that also concerns me is like things like, you know, thing podcast, you know, people say a joke on a podcast and it's used against you. I mean, that that's scary to me. If you can say something controversial in a joke mm-hmm. and then people can say, see, this person said it on a podcast. Now they're guilty of doing the thing that they're joking about. Right. Well, that's not fair. That's a joke. Right. And, it, and it's almost going to get to the point now where, where everything's going to just have to be numbered and labeled in order to be able to have a conversation. So, I, yeah, I completely get that. So I do want I, I to get into the art form of, of comedy in general. So a little bit about my background. Uh, I used to work uh, down the hall at a different station with uh, a stand-up comedian by the name of Colleen Cruz. I don't know if you know who she is or not. But she had such a great outlook on how, because I've always just been a fan of comedy. I, I grew up on watching George Carlin, even though my mom would get mad at me because he used bad words, as she liked to say. But I, I always was such a fan of it. And she explained it to me this way, that comedy and joke telling is almost like a math equation where you can you can take any route that you want to get there, but you have to find commonality with that ending. And I've, I've that's always, for whatever reason, stuck with me. Is there a certain pattern or a certain way that you like personally to develop a joke? You know, I'm sort of uh, in a weird place with that because I, I feel right now that half of my act uh, I have very sort of formulaic type jokes, mm-hmm. like set up punchline. And then my other half, my newer half, I have much more storytelling type jokes that have a longer build to them and like takes a while to get to the payoff, but then there's always a payoff. Um, so, but my interest, I think in the long term is to be more of a storyteller. Yeah. Is that, so, is that due to experience or is that just something that you've always strived uh, I- I- in your work? I think that's what appeals to me when I watch comedy. Yeah. You know, I mean, I loved like Mitch Hedberg and oh. Stephen Wright, and I love those kind of joke tellers, but um, that's how I started writing when I first started comedy. And then it wasn't as rewarding for me because every time you tell the joke, it's sort of the same. Mm-hmm. And I just love being spontaneous and in the moment and, and finding different things in a story that make people laugh so you don't really know where the laughs are. Like, I love when a laugh comes at a surprising moment. Yeah. So I like it actually less mathematical and more spontaneous. Got it. And it, Yeah, because it's almost like that random laugh. It makes you feel that, oh, that's what they connected to. Okay, cool. That's, then I'm doing something yeah. right here. I also, I also used to write a lot more, um, write first and then get on stage and do it. And now... As I've been doing it longer, I'll write more on stage and find it more on stage than like write it before to know that it's going to work. Okay. And, you know, know? and speaking of writing, too, I did read your piece uh, that you had. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, the one about coffee and men. And I really liked it for this reason. A, you're really good, but 
you know what, what we were just talking about the art form of comedy or whatever it's 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 the freedom of expression where you know cuz i i've always been a fan i've just never been really good at, at any of that stuff that you're good at but i, I i've i've always wondered you know kind of the, the the complex nature of of you know like you said self-deprecating opening up your own personal world for everyone to see you know that that part in the it takes that takes balls to do that and it's something you should be really proud of cuz you're good girl you're really good well, yeah. that, that means something to me because, I mean, I, I, that's what appeals to me is I always feel like artists are supposed to show our vulnerabilities, you know, to make other people feel not ashamed of their own. And and a lot of artists today feel like they have to project this sort of confident ideal persona on stage. And I feel to me that seems like a mask. Like, I don't feel like I know the person if they seem too confident or too full of themselves, you know. Yeah. I always like a comic who seems a little bit more accessible or vulnerable. And it's the same thing that I've always said about radio. Um, you know, I've been I've been at this for a couple of years, but I've always I've always been a fan of the people that don't mind taking a punch or don't mind you know making fun of themselves because those that take themselves way too seriously, yes, they can have a successful career. But you're not going to be relatable to the guy driving a truck. You're not going to be relatable to someone that's having a bad day because if you, sh- as you just said, if you show vulnerability, and a lot of all of us have it, if you show yeah. that, it makes you so much more accessible to the listener or to that person in the audience. Yeah, like I think it, when I first started, it was a fine line because sometimes I think they would legit be worried about me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> so it's taken me a long time to find sort of a happy medium where like I project confidence with the insecurity like don't worry I'm okay yeah. <laughs> but yeah so there's a fine line there for and, sure and so with your with your tour now um you're at you're at Acme this weekend and and forgive me for not knowing this you've performed at Acme before obviously correct yeah, so Acme is the first club that ever featured me, and the feature, you know, is the one who goes up before the headliner. Oh, that, I did and, not know that. That's fantastic. Okay, cool. Yeah, so they were the first ones ever to feature me, I and it was about uh, six years ago, I think. And uh, now they're the now they're headlining me for the first time here. So this is not only my first time back at the club. Um, or at any club for three months, it's the first time I've headlined Acme as well. Oh, that's so great. And it's, it's, it's so cool to be able to hear from people just like you and others that have traveled that, that just rave about really one of the hidden gems in this country as far as comedy is concerned, because yeah, I know a lot I, of people know, really rave about it. I really just want to appeal to people to, to support it. You know, yep. it's a small business, and they're, they're struggling, and he's doing everything he can to survive, but it's not easy right now. No. So, if, you know, if people can watch from Zoom or or come in, it, it would help him out a lot. Yeah, and I know because I remember, like I was mentioning, my, my former co-host, Colleen, you know, she used to be, she used to have Lewis Black on every time he would come to town. And I remember Lewis would always go do an open mic night, and I think that used to be on a Monday night at Acme, and I, I asked him, I said, why? He said, they gave me my shot, and I've always come back every single year. I mean, this is when he's headlining huge major shows around the country, and he always showed that appreciation for them for, for giving him his shot years and years ago. Yeah, there are a few people There are a few people that just rave about Acme and come here all the time. Yeah. So he's not the only one. There, uh, Louis, the uh, manager, or I mean owner, yep. Louis Lee, the manager, 
um, he really supports up and coming comics, you know, and fosters huge careers. So that's really cool. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So you were mentioning something to me uh, before we began the show today about an appearance you're having. Did you see at the at the bleep and Rose Bowl? Well, yes, but technically the parking lot okay. because we're going to be doing <laughs> we're going to be doing a drive in uh, a drive in special. Oh, that's so cool. I was supposed to shoot my special through Tribeca Film Festival in April. And uh, and it's so ironic. This is just how the universe plays tricks on you, because originally I was concerned about the initial <laughs> the initial venue for my special. I was like, the ceilings are a little high <laughs> and now the ceiling is the sky. Right. So the ceiling's not existent. Right. <laughs> there's no ceiling. <laughs> so that the joke's on me there. But uh, but yeah, so we're going to be doing it for 400 cars and it's going to be produced by Comedy Dynamics, which is a great production company um, that produces a lot of specials. That's so cool. Well, I'll be looking forward to that. That's fantastic. Um, So let me ask you, uh, obviously comedy, but you're you're an actor. I mean, you've been in many, many different things. You're a writer. What is your personal favorite art form? Uh, Comedy, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Stand-up sort of mixes everything to me. It, It combines, like, my love for creating and writing my own material and then i i've been performing since i was 10 years old i started on prairie home companion and i've been doing that since i was a kid so it sort of combines the best of both worlds for me now those that don't know your background and your connection to to minnesota i wanted to get to that uh but those that aren't familiar with your connection to minnesota are you are, are you willing to reveal um oh sure um so well uh i Basically, I met Garrison Keeler when I was 10 because my mom asked him to do a fundraiser for her orchestra. But then she also introduced him to my aunt, and they got married. That's so, so cool, yeah. So he's my uh, uncle by marriage. That's so cool. And I know that you know you, you want to talk about longevity, art form, and everything else. I mean, in, in this area, Garrison defines it. I mean, it's <laughs> it just goes without saying. Yeah, and he's supported me since I was a kid. Like He's just been a huge mentor for me. So I'm really grateful, you know, to him for all I've learned in my career. I've learned a lot from him. I can so. I, I, I can only imagine. Um, well, let me let me plug it again. Acme Comedy Club. Uh, she had a show last night, but again tonight at eight o'clock, and then Friday and Saturday, both eight o'clock and ten thirty p.m. Get your tickets. I'm going to give out the website right now. You just go online and you go visit Acme comedycompany.com you can purchase your tickets there and you also said uh, that there are uh, online shows as well correct via zoom yes they can watch on zoom as well from anywhere awesome well thank you i know you're a very busy person with your uh, with with so many shows and so many days and i will pop in friday night to make sure that i catch you live and i can't thank you oh wonderful i can't wait to meet you yeah i can't wait and, and again continued success young lady um i'm a i'm a huge Aww. fan from afar so uh, and thank you Aww. so much for making time i really appreciate it well thank you so much for having me you got it we'll, we'll talk soon okay Okay. Have a great day. Good. You bet. All right, you too. There she goes, Erica Rhodes. And like I said before, uh, she and I uh, kind of started to follow each other on Twitter, and uh, I just became a fan um, because I'm a, just a, a true diehard fan of the art form of comedy. So if you can, check her out, at Erica Rhodes on Twitter, and uh, she is an up-and-coming star. So catch her this weekend at Acme Comedy Company. Get your tickets right now, Acme Comedy Company.
Com and support a great local venue that invests not only in the community, but into uh, young up-and-coming comedians just like Erica. We'll be back.